Welcome back to Spanning the State. I am Kristen Bright. He is Brian Noonan. Who is... It's a little warm. It's very warm, and I started to dance, then I remembered there were cameras. I don't like this feeling of Big Brother watching me. It's streaming. Hello, everybody on the stream. Uh, yeah, it's very terrible. Which you can watch at WTMJ.com. Oh, I have to push it. Of course you can. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to see a, a man sweat and then try to dance? Because <laughs> it's, it's warm in the studio, but it is very warm outside. It is an all-time February record high uh, someone just texted in that it is currently 73 degrees at the Milwaukee airport and 75 degrees at the Kenosha airport. And tomorrow, John said it was going to be 20. Oof. This is, uh, it's a bit concerning. It's a bit concerning. <laughs> this is not a normal year. In a normal year, we right. joke about Wisconsin winters being the frozen tundra. But our next guest has actually spent time in his career in an actual frozen tundra. <laughs> In Antarctica, David Mikulajcik is a researcher with the Antarctica uh, Antarctic Meteorological Research Center at UW Madison. David, thanks for joining us. Hello, great to be here. So you're currently in Madison, where it's is it also seventy degrees in Madison right now? It's uh, last I saw it was sixty nine, um, so maybe we'll get up to seventy here. But super it is warm. it is yeah. super warm. And then, what's the temperature at the bottom of the planet today? Well, the coldest temperature I see from our weather station network is negative 75 Fahrenheit. <laughs> wow. Where is so, that? Is that? That's at, it's uh, at Dome C, which is uh, a region kind of very high elevation in East Antarctica. Wow. East Antarctica. So that's Fahrenheit, right? Yes. When you do your research, because it's global, it's global research, do you guys usually do Fahrenheit or Celsius? We usually work with Celsius, but uh, some of our weather displays that we provide online will uh, convert to Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit as well. Thank you for not making us do the math. For <laughs> I, the conversion. I appreciate <laughs> that, David. So I, I find it difficult as well. <laughs> the group that you work with, the research that you do, is largely monitoring the weather in Antarctica. And it's why is it so important to do this? Well, one reason uh, for studying the weather in Antarctica is because it is a large data void. And so our automatic weather station network provides uh, the ability to fill in some of the gaps for studying the weather. Um, and one thing that I think people are learning more and more is that everything is connected. Um, processes just around the region of Antarctica and even globally, uh, things that happen at the equator can have effects in Antarctica a week to two weeks later, uh, sometimes more. Um, e e things as simple as uh, thunderstorms at the equator or something like El Nino, which is a typical uh, climate regime that um, we're going through right now, actually, uh, that can have effects. We've seen it affect places here in the U.S., and it can also affect Antarctica. And Oh, go ahead. Right, so talking about that connection, you know, people mm -hmm. hear you talk about the equator. They hear you talk about Antarctica. And they're thinking, well, how does that really affect us here in Wisconsin? That seems very far away. Yeah, it uh, it can seem like that. Uh, but there's there's ways that we can understand how, if we see connections between the tropics and places like Antarctica, there are ways that we can study how that happened and apply it to um, how it might affect areas like the United States. Um, and people who live in various regions across the world. And so if we understand how um, thunderstorms over the tropics can affect the jet stream um, in any part of the world, uh, if we see any sort of connection there in any part of the world, we can see how that might affect 
areas like uh, Wisconsin, and that might lead to um, times where there's big heat waves, kind of like one that's happening today in Wisconsin. Um, that might affect um, the agriculture. Uh, and so, you know, since we've hardly had any snow in Wisconsin, that um, therefore we don't uh, have a good snowpack to keep the ground uh, moist enough. And so that might affect crop, uh, the crops for the coming year. And so then that has an effect on the economy. So these things just kind of, you know, they snowball a little bit, um, pardon the pun, but um, so we, like, we love puns here. that whole connection. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to work more. In. <laughs> more weather puns, the better. So yeah. is there a, is there a push from one without knowing much about weather and the climate at all, but is there a push as far as what happens there affects us up here? What happens here affects us down there. Is there one way that it pushes more than the other, or is it all constantly connected and creating a chain yeah. reaction? That's a good question. Um, it's, I think most of the study of the connection between the tropics and the poles is in that uh, order, uh, things that happen in the tropics and how that propag- how the energy and the heat and the moisture propagate from the tropics to the poles. Um, and that probably is generally because a lot of the sun's energy hits the equator the most. Um, that's where it's most intense. That's where a lot of energy is getting input into the Earth system um, and then how that energy gets distributed across the globe. Um, is uh, interesting to study. And so usually it's in that way as far as um, what I, uh, what people in my field study in, in terms of weather and climate. Um, but things can happen in Antarctica that start in Antarctica, particularly uh, I'm thinking uh, about the ocean, or ocean circulation. Um, the ocean currents around Antarctica actually are one of the biggest drivers, if not the biggest driver of global ocean circulation. And so if the Antarctic ice sheet changes and has an effect on the surrounding ocean around Antarctica, that could have global effects um, about the ocean circulation. So that's one way that uh, the um, that things changing in Antarctica can directly impact um, other places across the globe. All right. Well, I final question, short question. Mm-hmm. When you go annually to Antarctica, is there an initiation for the new people that have to go for the first time? <laughs> Initiation. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. I'm going to say no. You're going to say no, but, <laughs> but is that the answer actually no? Send us a DM. Let the us answer? know the truth. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Let's see. Initiation. I guess uh, maybe this isn't quite. I guess everyone just tries to see a penguin as quickly as they can. Okay. Um, you know, that's probably one of the one of the big things that people want to see. And I mean, personally, myself, of course, I, I love penguins. They're, they're great. So <laughs> the little tuxedoed um, animals. There you go. All right. Yep. David Mikolajczyk, uh, Mik- thank you for so much for your time. He is a researcher for the Antarctica Meteorological Research Center. That is a mouthful. That is a lot. <laughs>